like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. A lot of music comes to my attention weekly from the various promoters of the numerous talented musicians all across this continent, and I just can't scrutinize it all. Sometimes I just have to follow my nose and have my attention piqued by word, image, or name, and that's what led me to today's guest, Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler. What showed up in my inbox were the words, The Weight of Mortal Skin. And I went, oh my, the weight of mortal skin? I wasn't certain that this was Song of the Soul material, but it sure screamed to be checked out. So I listened to Elizabeth Kemmler's music, checked out her history, and in particular her activism, and was very excited to invite her. Another intriguing tidbit about her bio that called to me is all of the places she's lived, places like Brooklyn, New York, Paris, France, Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and even Jerusalem. I was starting to get hints about where the gravitational pull of the weight of mortal skin might be manifesting. Among Elizabeth's activities and causes is her work with Kids for Peace, Songs for a Cause, Earth Celebrations, Sing for Hope, and her wide-ranging work in favor of positive social change. And all of that called to me as well. But I also had some foreboding, like when I saw songs with names like Blood Red Love. Our society has way too many shades of gray type things going on, so I had to dig deeper. What I found is a wonderful, magnetic, entrancing, powerful musician and songwriter who is guaranteed to steal away your head and heart and who will surely deepen your soul. With gratitude to Lisa Gray for connecting us up, let's wander somewhere across the country or world to talk to Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler. Elizabeth, this is a great big super duper welcome to Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. I'm happy to be here. Which city or state are you in currently? I am currently in Pleasantville, New York, which is just under an hour north of the city. And have you been there a long time? Because I was looking at your bio on your website, and it listed this whole raft of places where you've lived. (laughs) I've been around, that is for sure. Yeah, I was in the city for, I would say, the better part of 28 years, and I've been up here now for almost six years. So all this time when you spent in Massachusetts, Jerusalem, L.A., Amsterdam, Brooklyn, Paris, Portland, you compressed that into a short number of years? 
<laughs> when I say the better part of 28 years in the city, I did take a few hiatuses. I lived in Jerusalem just for five months. Uh, L.A., I was there on once just for a summer, and then once I tried to make the real full move out there, and I lasted, I think, for about six months. And New York just kept sucking me back. So I would try to escape. I left. I went to the country, to the Berkshires on two separate occasions. And, yeah, just kept getting drawn back to the city. I've heard that from a lot of fellow cityites that they can't seem to leave. They know they've got to get away, and they just can't do it. Well, I finally broke away six years ago when I had my son. So I escaped, I think, for good. And so Pleasantville, is it really pleasant? It is fairly pleasant here, I have to say. You know, there's a little bit of adjustment here and there. I don't really consider myself a suburban girl. I tend to be more comfortable in more countrified environments at this point in my life. But it's good. It's good. I really can't complain. I've met some wonderful people up here. It's great for my son. He's a very outdoorsy kid, loves sports. So it really works. Did the advent of your son have something to do with the 10 years or so that you stayed away from music? You know, actually not at all. He kind of helped bring me back to music. I was just having a lot of problems with my voice, honestly. And I was kind of a perfectionist. And I felt like if I can't sound the way I think I'm capable of sounding, I'd rather just not do it. It's, it's all or nothing. Then I finally decided, you know what? I need to do this. I can't go any longer without making music. And I just accept my voice for the kind of deep, gritty <laughs> thing that it is. And, you know, one thing I would say about a lot of your music, it has a kind of a country feel to it. And I don't think that's appropriate to sing that way when you live in Brooklyn. But Pleasantville might be the right place to do that. <laughs> the other thing that I note is you do a lot of music in terms of outreach and causes and helping the world be better. You've got Hope Sings and Songs for a Cause, those kind of benefit concerts. Did you give up doing that for the 10 years as well? No, I've always been involved in some sort of activist or advocacy or charitable activity since I was young. I don't know if passion's the right word, but I feel it's just a necessary part of my life. I always feel the need to be doing something to put more good into the world and to help those in need. So that's a continuous theme. <laughs> well, let's get started with your music right away for your Song of the Soul. Is there something that stands out as a good starting point for people to learn about Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler? Yeah, why don't we start off with Rise Up Singing. This song is written in the voice of a woman who is raising a gay son in a part of the country that is not too accepting of any kind of differences, let alone this particular kind of difference. And she's at once desperate to keep him safe and close, but also hopeful that someday he can break free and follow his dream of becoming a musician, as it happens. Let's talk a little bit more about the song after people listen to it. It's got some great fiddle in there, and I think the chorus actually has kind of native music overtones to it. So let's launch into Rise Up Singing by Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler, who's here today for Song of the Soul. Twenty-two years dying slowly in Lakota Chance to hit the road, show them what you're made of. 
Tattooed lady at the fair Song to your future Said boy with a little bit of luck I see you're gonna make it And I believe son You will make it And you will rise up singing And lay back easy Into the arms of a world Held open
should all be lucky enough to lay back easy in the arms of a love we don't have to hide. <laughs> Fortunately, that's getting better and better for our country. The song is Rise Up Singing. Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler is our guest. Her website is elizabetharonkemmler.com. If you can't spell any of those words, come via nordenspiritradio.org. I've got a link to her under our Song of the Soul program. And that song is not something that you experienced in Brooklyn or in Pleasantville. Is it something you're just kind of visualizing something out there in the world? Yes. You know, my son is six. So whatever his orientation is going to be, I don't know yet. But, you know, I've certainly known enough people over the course of my life who have struggled with severe discrimination in one form or another. And I imagine what it would be like if I had a child who was facing that kind of challenge. And I imagine there'll be other challenges that'll face your son. People won't like him because he's got two ears or hair that's long or short. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I talk with my son a lot about that. I had him on my own, so he does have that as a difference of sort. I'm just trying to give my son the skills and the understanding and the appreciation of differences, his own and others, so that he can walk in the world confidently as who he is. Different circumstances different preferences, whatever it is that might make him stand out in a way that other people don't appreciate. I want him to be able to stand strong and say, you know, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Just as to get strong at a physical task, you have to push yourself past your easy comfort. You know, you have to push the limit a little bit mm -hmm. to build the muscles or the strength or the speed. Sure. If a kid lives completely where everything's all soft and easy, then the first time you hit a bumpy road, it's jarring. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm advocating is that you send your son to the most difficult place on earth to spend summer camp and he'll come back bruised and broken and... Just, uh, don't do that. Don't do that, of course. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I do a fair bit of coddling, yes, but I'm also firm when I need to be. I wouldn't say his life is all smooth and without bumps. You know, he certainly, of course, like every kid, has to face some challenges. And the best I can do really is to help him develop skills that will enable him to address whatever issues come up in a thoughtful, mindful way. One thing, of course, that really helps that is if you have multiple sources of uh, strength building, experience building. You said you have them on your own. Does that mean that you didn't have community of support there for you? Or I'm hoping you did at least have that, even if you didn't have necessarily a unique partner. At the time I had him, I was running a business in the city. I was working full time. There were a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles at that time. And I've built a community since having him, and I certainly now feel very supported. And you're right, that's huge. I am very much a fan of the it takes a village mentality. So what are the elements of your village that support you, I mean, and him? Well, my parents live not too far away. By not too far, I mean about six minutes away, so it's great to have them nearby. Uh, I have two brothers that don't live as close, but, you know, we see them uh, as often as we can. And I have some wonderful friends in the area. I really have met great people up here and lots of lots of moms 
So, you know, and Kids for Peace is, well, it's a global organization. I started a chapter here in Westchester, so we do some great activities together with kids. And I've done a couple of benefit concerts with a dear friend of mine, the founder of Hope Sings, Beth Blatt. We do songs for a cause. Well, let's go on to some more music. I do know that you're an activist. It's been environmental. It's certainly with kids. It's certainly in so many ways you're trying to make this world a better place. That comes through in your music. So why don't you share another one? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that. So the next one, it's not activist-oriented. I guess it's kind of a love song from me to my beautiful son. And I had just mentioned the circumstances around his birth were challenging, and I was on my own. And somehow, though, it all ended up seeming so absolutely... I'm not a meant-to-be kind of a person, but it really felt meant to be. So this is called Faded to Be Mine. Lifetime it seemed that I waited for you Heaven knows how I ever made it through Then a tremble ran through the stars one night The moon gave a wink as your little soul took flight Faded to be mine, you were faded to be mine Faded to be mine, you were faded to be mine Never have I seen a thing so perfectly divine All my life in a wayward soul All the parts that made me up just never made a home But your smile like a sun for my every home Son, you are a light that my world had never known Faded to be mine, you were faded to be mine Faded to be mine, you were faded to be mine Never have I seen a thing so perfectly Nothing I won't do to ease your bumpy ride Even when my body's gone My love will remain Ever just a breath away There's no smooth road I know too well Can't shield a heart Where a blessed child dwells But the loneliness that once devoured me Has long since faded into history Faded to be mine, you were faded to be mine Faded to be mine, you were faded to be mine Never have I seen a thing so perfectly alive
should be quiet. Another song by Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler, Faded to Be Mine, is the song, as you heard. In the first song that she shared, I would call it pretty much country-oriented. This one had Elizabeth kind of feeling of jazzy, bluesy. My generation, Joni Mitchell, would have definitely been one of the voices that I would have heard. And at the end of the song where we hear a child talking, that's your son? That's him. A couple years ago now, maybe a year, year and a half ago at this point. Well, you're training him up right away in singing. I mean, that's an important thing. If you start him at the cradle, then by the time they reach 15, they can be worldwide stars. Yes, yeah. He's been listening to classic rock since he was born. And it's kind of funny because I would get all the CDs, the baby lullabies, and all these things that are supposed to help put your child to sleep. Nothing worked until I put on The Clash. <laughs> the Clash put my son to sleep. And I'm not kidding. I <laughs> I was stunned and amazed. <laughs> yes, he knows his Bruce from his Tom Petty, from his Chrissy Hines. So uh, I'm very proud. <laughs> <laughs> There's a line in the song where you sing, Can't shield the heart where a blessed child dwells. Do you have a hard heart otherwise, and but the child gets in? Is that what that's saying? <laughs> no, no. Can't shield the heart, meaning you can't protect yourself from all the pain that will come just from the very fact of having a child and having to watch them navigate the world and come up against difficult things and suffer. My son even having a stomach ache, which he did last night in the middle of the night, my heart breaks just seeing him suffer and That line actually just came out of conversations I had with various friends about, you know, how desperately we want to protect our children and save them from any pain. And yet you do have to kind of toughen yourself, not harden, but toughen yourself enough that you can handle that without giving into it. It strikes me that you must be pretty much a kid person. Hope sings, kids for (laughs) peace, songs for a cause. You're definitely a kid person. I am. I am. You waited a fair amount in your life to actually produce a kid. And maybe that's because, as you said, you had him alone. So obviously it was a virgin birth. (laughs) Thank you for that. That was lovely. It's amazing. I had actually imagined that I would have at least three children. I'd always envisioned a house full of kids running around, and I did start late. I was married long, long ago. At this point, I think it's actually 20 years ago. And after getting divorced, I figured I would meet someone eventually and start a family. And I kind of waited and waited and waited and waited. And as 45 loomed ever closer, I thought I'd better get on this now. So, <laughs> Well, I'm glad you got that blessing. My son is a tremendous blessing to me. He just turned 31 recently. When my ex-wife and I divorced, he lived with her for a few years, but then from first grade up through graduation of high school, he was with me. I love being a dad. I love having my son, and it opened places in my heart that I didn't know, even though I knew I liked kids before. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it softens me. You put it perfectly. It just opens up places you don't even know where they are. Well, we're going to open up some more places with more of your music. But first, I want to remind folks you're listening to Song of the Soul. It's a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web, northernspiritradio.org. And when you want to track down Elizabeth Aaron Kremler, if you can't spell those words, 
come by NordenSpiritRadio.org, find the link to Elizabeth and all these other guests I've had for the last 12 and a half years. And also you'll find more information about, you'll find the song lists for the music that they've shared and that Elizabeth is sharing here today. There's a place to post comments, and I really ask that you come to NordenSpiritRadio.org and post a comment on this show. Let us know what you're thinking. Help us communicate and make it two ways. There's also a donate button. This is full-time work, but it depends on your donations, not on government, not on corporations for subsidies. So please support us when you come. Even more important, though, I'd say is support your local community radio station. We've got some 33 stations across the nation that are carrying the Northern Spirit radio programs, and they make all the difference in the local community to have a voice, to have choice, something that's not controlled by government, not controlled by corporate funding. So please remember to support your local community radio station. They need help from your hands and from your wallet. Song of the Soul is the program. Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler is our guest. She has a recent release, The Weight of Mortal Skin. And I was going to ask you about that, The Weight of Mortal Skin. That light and fluffy title, yes. <laughs> it sounds a little bit heavy, yeah. And even more so as I've been aging, the weight of my mortal skin has grown. But I don't think that's the weight you're talking about. No, not exactly. Not exactly. I mean, it's certainly more metaphorically I struggled for many years, decades, actually, with what was sometimes pretty severe depression. And I think partly to bolster myself, I became kind of convinced that there was a person, a place, a healer, someone or something that could kind of alleviate the burden. And what I refer to in the song, as in the title of the album, The Weight of Mortal Skin, the kind of heaviness of being, the burden of being human, spent a lot of time thinking about how I could share my experience in kind of a poetic way, if you will, and in a way that might be able to reach people who are also experiencing something similar. When I was thinking of it in those terms, I was really trying to find the words that could convey the experience of being really what felt like weighed down by this almost external seeming burden so that's where I came up with the phrase, the weight of mortal skin. So on this song, the weight of mortal skin, as with all of my songs, I always try to end on a hopeful note. Well, you know what I'm hoping, Elizabeth, is that we can get all the way to the end of the music that you selected for today's Song of the Soul. Let's jump right into another song right away, and let's get further along in that journey. What do you want to share next? How about Bring It On? And Bring It On is not on your recording, The Weight of Mortal Skin. It is not. It's a new-ish song. I played it only once live recently. And the recording that you have, I'm playing with Dave and Emma Hart. Dave is playing guitar. Emma is on fiddle. And these are two people I love playing with. They are really something. And where were you playing for this song? It's clearly alive. It's not a studio recording. People hear that difference. Right, right. Yes, New Fairfield Coffee House in New Fairfield, Connecticut. And is that far from you? Is that nearby? No, it's about 45 minutes from me. And who's doing the recording? The recording was thanks to my iPhone. So we have this recording, Grace, to Apple. 
and the iPhone is doing a recording. <laughs> Actually, I wish I had you here in person instead of over there in Pleasantville, New York, so that we could set up a high-quality recording. But people get the idea here with Bring It On. We'll talk about what it's about. I think they'll catch on to the idea as we listen. Here's Bring It On by Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler. <laughs> So this first song is called Bring It On.
Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler is here today for Song of the Soul. That was her song, Bring It On. As I told you before, it's a live recording with just recorded with her iPhone at New Fairfield Coffee House with Dave and Emma Hart accompanying her. But Bring It On, let's talk about what originated the song. Why did you share it? Why is it not on The Weight of Mortal Skin? <laughs> Very simply, because I wrote it after the album was done. It's about the kind of soul-deep yearning that so many of us have for something we imagine will be more, better, something you can't necessarily name, but that feels so essential to your life purpose. And the man in the song feels like he's just kind of spinning his wheels through life, being carried along by the stream of circumstance. But he has this gnawing sense that he keeps bypassing all these beautiful, wonderful things that were meant for him, but he just can't grab a hold of them. And he's just screaming out to the world, come on, give me something, bring all the good stuff, the life I was meant to live. And yeah, I've just been thinking about that sense of, wait, aren't I supposed to be doing something bigger and better? And just thinking about, wait, no, this is it. This is good. Is there part of this song which is autobiographical for you? Yeah, I would say so. And on the other hand, I expect that in a lot of ways, you've been doing exactly the wonderful things that you wanted to do. I think that's probably why you went over to Paris or to Amsterdam or L.A. It's because you were doing the bring it on in your life. But I imagine that to some degree, the recurring depression issues probably made you feel like your dog paddling in place. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it, actually. That is very much the case. And I've always been a seeker of many things. And I have had that sense of running and waiting at the same time, doing, going, and yet still saying, you know, where's the life I'm supposed to be living? I thought I was supposed to be doing something so important with my life, and it doesn't feel like I am. So these days, I'm trying to give myself a break with all of that and just recognize and fully appreciate everything that I've got right now and just settle into that. You know, one of the reasons that I do Song of the Soul is I love to hear the deep part of where people are and have been and where they're going. And for me, those are often come out in terms that I would call spiritual. They are the big value overviews. This is why we do. This is what it's all about. And for some people, it's about nothing more than having more toys, more money. I don't have that sense from you at all. Your activism tells me that you're very engaged with the healing of the world. What's your spiritual, religious, whatever, overview and experience? Maybe it was good coming up, and I also like to hear about what didn't work as well as what does work. Well, my religious trajectory is an interesting one. I grew up in a secular Jewish family. You could say we were culturally Jewish, I guess that's the term. You know, we did the high holidays and Passover, that kind of thing. I had a bat mitzvah, and for a time I was really drawn. I grew up going to a synagogue with a phenomenal rabbi. Chaim Stern was his name. He was an incredible orator, just a very spiritual seeming man. And when I would leave synagogue after listening to him speak, I really felt enlivened and opened and just had a sense of the world as being bigger and more mysterious. <laughs> But I also grew up in a very anti-Semitic neighborhood, 
so these two things were really in conflict. I was getting two very different messages. The message that won out was the message that there was something deeply and profoundly wrong with being Jewish, that there was something kind of ugly about it, and it was something that should be hidden. It's a long story, but I really left behind any interest in religion at all, certainly in Judaism, for many, many years, and came back to it when I was in my 30s, I guess. I kind of re-entered through an unlikely door through Jewish meditation. And over the next seven years, I got very, very involved in a Jewish community, um, Orthodox community. I moved to Jerusalem and I studied at yeshiva, et cetera, et cetera. I also studied yeshiva in the city. And all said and done, (laughs) I ended up slowly kind of moving away from that. It it was very intellectually stimulating. The whole experience was fascinating and eye-opening on so many levels. But at the end of the day, it, it wasn't sustainable for me. It didn't satisfy me on a deep enough spiritual level. Even though the emphasis was on community. I never really felt the strength and the solidity of the communities that I was involved with. And I drifted away. And at this point, I am a religious, I suppose. I take my son to ethical culture, which I love and feels much more like me. In case you're not familiar, I'm guessing you are. The emphasis on ethical culture is in the title, ethics and the way you walk in the world mindfully, thoughtfully, with care and consideration for other people. They really just espouse all the beliefs that and the values that are so important to me and that I want to pass on to my son. I have had guests who've been into the ethical culture movement as well, so I have been exposed to it a little bit at least. It sounds to me at least you found a firm place to stand and to both get support and give support in the direction you want to, including to your son, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's helpful to have that background as we go into the last couple songs that you're going to share. Let's go into those now. What's up next? Up next is A Cowgirl's Tale, and I was trying to think if there was any kind of beautiful segue that I could create, but nothing came to mind. (laughs) (laughs) So shortly after I got divorced, as I mentioned, it was a couple decades ago now, I was, I guess you could say, pretty bruised and battered. So I thought, what better remedy than a road trip? So I bought my very first cell phone in case of emergencies, got a something called a driveway. I don't know if they do those anymore where you drive someone's car for them while they fly to their destination. Anyway, I ended up driving all over the country, mostly by myself. And the whole while, I just had this story going on in my head, uh, kind of a fantasy where I landed in some super cool horse-drawn carriage, kind of western town with lots of rugged, brooding cowboys roaming around. And one of these cowboys, the most tender-hearted of the bunch, and I fall in love and spend our days riding the range and nights singing songs <laughs> around the campfire and <laughs> all the things we do to get by. Anyway, so that's where a cowgirl sale came from. Our hearts sing out in all different ways, and folks, the heart of Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler sings out through a cowgirl's tale. 
dusty old town When you found a place to settle down Sat back at evenings Pay a light as the troubles soften In the cool and tender night She was bathed in that soft moonlight He lost it all Child and his wife a long time running Now he wanted back his life Headed west Snow peaks inside As his burdens lifted Into the clear blue night He was bathed in that soft
Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler has a river of change flowing through her head, and it came out of her mouth as a cowgirl's tail. It's on her CD that was released just recently, The Weight of Mortal Skin, and a cowgirl's tail is a good way to talk about one element of that. I love the weeping strings in there. It's got a bit of an ominous feel about it, but it's got really strong instrumentation. I was trying to figure out when I was listening to it originally how you, basically a city girl and someone who's strongly been living in the big cities for most of your life, how you connect with the cowgirls. And I'm glad you you made that clear, <laughs> at least in a fantasy. Right, right. So that's one view. And I guess also what you're saying is that with all this traveling around and hauling these cars across the country, you didn't find that cowboy. No, I didn't. <laughs> I did not. But alas. But alas, you ended up in Pleasantville, New York, anyhow. Well, we're going to rush right into the last song so we can make sure we can play the full thing as we're going out. Tell us about this one. This is Blood Red Love. I think it was about a year ago, I took a course with an organization called the Prison Mindfulness Institute that teaches meditation to incarcerated men. And I learned about the concept of transformative justice, which seeks to address not just the crime and its impact, but to transform the social and emotional conditions that led up to it. And listening to the stories of some of the men they work with, men who've been imprisoned for violent crimes, it was striking to witness their, what I can only call demonstrable humanity in light of the horror of their crimes. And it really forced me to consider the bigger picture of their lives, which I attempt to do in Blood Red Love, which tells the story of a young man who perpetuates and eventually ends the cycle of violence that began with his father. And I also felt it was important to tell the story of the woman that he abused, which is on a song we won't get to hear this time around called Lorna, which is also in the album. If you're taking a workshop with this Prison Mindfulness Institute, does that mean that you've also tried to do things like prison visitation ministry? Have you actually been into the prison? Well, the first time I did it, which was decades ago, it was really intimidating to step through the door, step through the barbed wire fences, the razor wire fences, and be checked everywhere and you can't carry anything. Yes, I had proposed doing a songwriting class for inmates of a local women's prison, and I did go through the whole orientation and the background check and everything. And yeah, we've just basically been going back and forth trying to figure out how to make it happen. It's, you know, as you know, it is not an easy thing getting into the prisons and especially doing classes. So I am still hoping that it happens at some point. Yeah, and I hope it does too, because I have a pretty good feeling that this will be healing for them. Let's listen to the song. It's got a, from my point of view, almost bouncy country feel to it with a gut-wrenching subject. So I think that in some ways your music makes it possible to go through the gut-wrenching trip of the subject without being totally submerged into it. Here is Elizabeth Aaron Kembler, Blood Red Love.
done her wrong, you never did deny. But she got you back good, now here you lie. No redemption inside, no belief. Girl on her with something fine But it made you wanna knock her down And steal her shine Then you couldn't understand why Love felt so much like dying But there's blood-red love coursing through your veins As it stains the house where she cursed your name There's blood-red love coursing through Your daddy'd come Mouth loaded like a gun Always pushing for the tears Just to prove he'd won And when the fist started flying Your mama was nowhere in sight Seventeen and you were Just a need to say the wrong thing right But there's a blood red love coursing through your veins As it stains the house where she cursed your name There's a blood red love coursing through your veins Blood red love coursing through your veins As it stains the house where she cursed your name Blood red Lord, red love coursing through your veins. 
really like the recurring phrase that never again will a hand be raised, no child made to pay. Beautiful line in there, Elizabeth. Again, we're speaking with Elizabeth Aaron Kemmler, and that is her song Blood Red Love, also from her album The Weight of Mortal Skin. The link's on org. You're so inspirational in so many ways. You're clearly a powerful, strong, directed, deep person. Just beautiful in that way. And to be able to deal with that kind of thing with compassion instead of just judgment. I think judgment is a a very short-sighted and I think it perpetuates the damage that that song, you know, you talk about ending the cycle of the damage. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for having me on my very first radio interview. (laughs) You've waited a long time to do it, considering all of the years that you've had your deep connection with music. And folks, just remember, you can also connect up with her. I mean, she's involved in all kinds of things. Kids for Peace, Hope Sings, Songs for a Cause. You'll find her over in New York. The place is called Pleasantville, but I'm sure she travels left and right and up and down to present her music. Elizabeth, thank you so much for doing the work through your music, bringing your heart here present with us today, and for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. And folks, the link to her website, elizabetharonkemmler.com, is on the nordenspiritradio.org website. Thanks to Catherine Thomas for production assistance on today's program. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song